What we often think of as the essence of Spain is what you'll find bursting out all over in Andalusia. That's thanks to the influences of its historic Moorish heritage and its famously sunny climate. Right now, we're joined by three tour guides from Spain to explore what makes Andalusia so special. Jorge Roman lives in Madrid. Francisco Glaria comes from Pamplona, and Robert Wright now makes his home in Sevilla. It's nice to have all of you sharing your insights into Spanish culture. Just before we get started, what are the sort of clichetic icons of Andalusia? Just give me the word. What do we think? Flamenco. Flamenco. Flamenco, Flamenco would be one thing, yeah. Also the, uh, the land of the conquistadores, where they departed to the new world in ah, the okay. past. Okay. Uh, yeah. Sevilla was a departure point Correct. for a lot of the uh, great explorers going to... Uh, right. I mean, Columbus got his marching orders, I think, in mm-hmm. Sevilla. Mm-hmm. That's right. You've got uh, Jerez. Is that Jerez? Jerez, the sherry wine. Sherry, oh, sherry, yeah. sherry Olive yeah. oil. The yeah. Alhambra. 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 And the, the horses of, of mm, the horses. Yeah. Beautiful Spanish stallions. And land of the toros. Now, Jorge, as a madrilino, is that what a Madrid person is called? Madrileño. Madrileño. <laughs> when you think of Andalusia, yeah. you're from Castile, right? In the center of Spain. I basically. live in Madrid, yeah. 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 But you're from Andalusia. Your family was there. Yeah. What do people in the big city look at the people of Andalusia? What do they see? They see a place where they can go on holidays, of course, but also yeah. lately they have uh, that kind of chance of gastronomy issues going down down there. People are getting gastronomy. Up, yeah, yeah, they're getting very foody, in the sense of uh, Andalusian gastronomy, especially inland. You know, the when you go to the Mediterranean part or the Atlantic part of Andalusia. It's like a touristic resort anywhere you go. But okay, now, that's the Costa del Sol. That's the Costa del Sol, yeah. So I would say, yeah. and I'll just be bold, mm-hmm. the Costa del Sol is one long paved tourist trap. It is, absolutely, you know, I agree. I mean, mm-hmm. there's you can find some charm there, but the interior is the more interior. cultural. But yeah, okay. absolutely. So how would the cuisine be distinct in Andalusia from the rest of Spain? Everything's more natural. I mean, when you're big cities, you just go and everything is almost processed. Yeah. But there, in little towns, you have a, it's very normal to find a family that they have their own farm and they're using their fresh products at the season. You don't get tomatoes from a hot house. Yeah. When you eat a salad there and you eat the tomatoes and you eat the veggies in there, they're like going back to your childhood. So you're eating local, you're eating very with local. the season. Correct, And yeah. you've got that wonderful explosion. And with three, four way. ingredients, you can make an amazing stew. In there. What's your favorite meal if you go to Andalusia? Oh, my goodness, gazpacho is one of them, but gazpacho. only in season, only in summer. You there's, know, another, there's another cold uh, vegetable drink. Sal- Salmorejo. It's a little bit thicker. Mm-hmm. Do you find that mostly in the summer because it's for the hot time? That's or? right. It's a cold soup, yeah. and the ingredients is just uh, bread, garlic, olive oil, and some tomato. That's it. Four ingredients, amazing. That is a good example yeah. of that, that simplicity, but that quality. Right. Francisco, from the north of Spain, when you think of Andalusia, what do you think? I think about flamenco. You it's, do? Yeah. To me, Andalusia, it's, Andalusia has something that's called duende. It's uh, something magical. It's something that it's in the air, and you feel it. And in the flamenco, it's like a concentrated version of that power of Andalusia. Now, is that kind of related to you're in the north, so you would be more... Celtic. Celtic, yeah. More oh. predictable, more more cerebral, less emotional. Is, is there any of that? Okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you personally. Yeah. In, in the yeah. South, though, you've got that, yeah, that I mean, more uh, throw your arms up in the air. And, the thing uh, is that Andalusia, it was culturally dominated by the Muslims. Right. When we think Muslims, we tend to think about, you know, Al-Qaeda and all of these things. No, the Muslims was the most advanced culture of that time. Very open people, a lot of greatness. And up there in the north, we did not have that. So we don't have that 
refinement, that pleasure of, of beauty, the pleasure of beautiful things. I mean, when you go to see the Alhambra, it's just the pleasure of perfection. I mean, you're going to be smelling flowers. You're going to be just listening to water, guitar music. So all of that magic is the Andalusian magic. It's what we call duende. You just took me to Cordoba. Perfect place. And Cordoba is the great Muslim yes. heritage survives there mm -hmm. in the south of Spain. A lot of people, when they think of the Muslim hordes, you know, I mean, Europe was threatened by the Muslims uh, from mm -hmm. Vienna and then uh, coming across Gibraltar. And we forget that, you know, when Europe was pretty much in the Dark Ages, the light was coming from, from there. Islam. Mm -hmm. And uh, it came into Spain. And, and today you feel that sophistication. Yeah. Robert Wright, you've lived all over the place. Uh, you've got a passion for the Spanish and Portuguese languages, and, and you've settled in Sevilla and Andalusia. Why did you choose uh, Andalusia? The easy reason is that my husband is from there, so there you go. He's Sevillano, okay. and uh, and I decided to get married, and it was a perfect... And that's his place. That's his place. Uh, but other, other than that, just to picture a perfect city in Spain, uh, a city that has, like, everything you need from a big city but has a small-town vibe to it. And also, prices are very affordable. It's not like Madrid or Barcelona, where the concentration of the population and lots of people and drives prices up, and it's big and busy. Sevilla is like the biggest small town you'll ever find, I think, in Europe. It's, it's great. You know, it's it really fantastic. is. And I was just walking across Sevilla a few months ago, and I came upon a square, and I was going from one museum to another gallery, and I just paused in the square, and... The mothers were there with their children. Everyone's and out. The retired people were there, and there was a little playground. And there Talk was the to your cafe. neighbors. Take a stroll. The weather's always really nice, except in August. I mean, it does get a little hot. hot then, but if, <laughs> a little hot. A little hot. hot. <laughs> I was, that's one thing I can't handle coming from Seattle is the heat in the but summer of Sevilla. We, we compensate with great winters. Winters yeah. are great, and also it's off-season. And you're a gay couple. Yeah, it's amazing. A lot of people think of Spain as a very Catholic country and a very conservative country, right. which uh, some of that is true depending on where you're at. But right. in general, it's a very open place. Uh, Spain was actually adopted gay marriage in 2005. And it was the third country in the world, I believe, to oh, even... Okay. Just to give you a good example is my husband and I, we walk hand in hand down the streets in Sevilla and nobody even looks twice. We're getting to know the Andalusia region of Spain on Travel with Rick Steves with tour guides Robert Wright, Francisco Claria, and Jorge Roman. From my experience, the region's capital city, Seville, is a must-see for visitors. But you can't forget Granada and Córdoba. Jorge, how would you describe what distinguishes these three cities in the region for people who are planning a visit to Andalusia? Sevilla Flamenco, uh -huh. Granada Alhambra, uh -huh. and Córdoba the Mosque, now Cathedral. The and mosque, which has the big cathedral built in the middle of it. Correct. Okay, so those are the big iconic experiences or sites. Francisco, if you think of those three towns and you have only a few days, which two would you visit? You have to go yes or yes to Sevilla. Sevilla, yeah. And I would choose Granada. The vibe of the city I love. And I'm deeply in love with the Alhambra. The Alhambra. Why are you in love with the Alhambra? It's, it's so different. I'm from the north, so mm -hmm. it's so different from what I'm used to. It's the light. It's the way the sun sets. Yeah. It's breathtaking. One of my favorite moments is directly across up in the Abathine, mm -hmm. and there's the famous square where everybody hangs out and the sun goes down, and there's gypsy musicians, and they're playing there. And it's a, it's a concert. You just get a drink, sit down on a rock, and watch them. you got the sun warming the rocks of the Alhambra. It glows, this beautiful color. And you go, Wow. What took me so long? I have arrived. Yeah. 
The view of the Alhambra from the Albaicín, it's, to me, perfection. Oh, man. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking the, the highlights of Andalusia. Our phone number is 877-333-7425. We have an email from Martina in Atlanta. And Martina writes, I feel so privileged to have spent 10 days in Andalusia recently. I hit the big three, Granada, Sevilla, and Córdoba. I wanted to see a real flamenco performance, so I went to one of the caves in Sacramonte in Granada. It was touristy, but really fun. I also saw a performance at the Flamenco Museum in Sevilla. That was very different, clearly more authentic. Can you speak about the differences? Which type of performance is the real deal? And is there such a thing? Robert. There are definitely all kinds of uh, flamenco performances in southern Spain because you have so much tourism. There's a lot of people who go, and of course, it's synonymous with Andalucía. So uh, there are the more typical touristy places that often will try to ply you with drinks and basically charge you high admission fees and keep you there for a long time. And the shows are of questionable quality. There's a lot of them on the main drag that yeah. really they just busloads of tourists come in there. You know, there are a lot that really have a mission of keeping the, the culture alive, the flamenco culture. And when you find one of them, they're touristic because it's the only way for them to be in sure. business. But it really is genuine. Those are great. It's at an hour where you're not staying up past your bedtime. Mm-hmm. It's affordable and it's instructive. And especially at the Flamenco Museum because they are an educational facility. Facility, and exactly. they want to teach you what's going on with flamenco. And and that's the flamenco museum that Martina recommended here exactly. in Sevilla. Mm-hmm. And in some of them, you can pay a little extra and go to a flamenco class. You can have a class. Mm-hmm. All right. Jorge, mm-hmm. we've been talking about the cities, but there's also the route of the Pueblos Blancos. Yeah, that's right. I, was, I love. Tell, <laughs> tell us what the route of the Pueblos Blancos. Uh, the province of Malaga, uh, the north of the province, is the beginning, let's say, of the uh, that route of the Pueblos Blancos, and it goes from that area towards west in the inland. Uh-huh. Okay, and it goes one of these beautiful cities in the world, which is called Ronda. And first of all, the route of the Pueblos Blancos means in English? The route of the white villages. So these are the whitewashed villages. Correct. These classic little hill-capping villages. That's right. And they're white because historically... That comes from the Muslim domination mm-hmm. that we had for almost 800 years, and uh, there were many myths about it. That uh, one is the, to, to keep away the bad spirits, and the other is the, just to whitewash, because in winter it keeps the, the house warm inside and cool in the summer. So natural insulation or heat Correct, or something. Correct, yeah. yeah. And they still use that in the north of Africa, and it's part of the culture of the south of Spain. So you talked about Ronda. What are some experiences you might have if you go from Ronda into the villages of these mountains? Um, well, I mean, the roads are so winding and so scenic that they're beautiful, suddenly you find a little lake here, and then just round one of the bandits, a hill with a castle on the very top, and that beautiful white town surrounding the castle, and the blue sky, beautiful. Are you thinking Zahara? Zahara is one of those. Uh, Grazalema. Grazalema, yeah. yeah. And then nearby, of course, you have Jerez. Of course. You guys all talked about the icons of Andalusia. (laughs) You got your horses and you got your sherry. Correct. Jerez, J-E-R-E-Z, uh-huh. is the Christian name of Sherish, which is the Arabic old name of the city, Sherish. That's why they call it Sherry, because for an English-speaking person to say Jerez is really Too complicated. Difficult. Sherry. Sherry. <laughs> so that's why they call it Sherry. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We've been talking with Jorge Roman, Robert Wright, and Francisco Gloria about the wonders of Andalusia. Let's finish just with a, a final thought. Francisco, if you wanted to be like a temporary local in Andalusia, what would you do? I would go for the bulls. To me, uh, the bull culture is something I really like. Either go to a bullfight, or if you think that could be a little bit too risque, go to a bull farm and learn from the bulls in the land. You can actually, as a tourist, go Mm -hmm. to a bull farm. There are many bull farms that can be visitable, and it's perfect. All right. 
and Robert Wright. What would you do to, to feel the soul of Andalusia? I think anyone who really wants to feel what it's like to be uh, a local and feel the soul of Andalusia would be to come to Sevilla during Holy Week. It may be a little bit more expensive. It may be a little bit more crowded, but that's the point. You have to get into these festivals when you can. And honestly, when you stand there at the perfect corner waiting on the procession to come by, mm. you hear it coming toward you. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the float turns around the corner and you see those beautiful candles lit up. You smell the incense. And then everybody gets perfectly quiet to give respect as the Virgin passes. Oh, it's a beautiful thing. And then you go on and you see the next one, and the next one, and the next one. It's a whole week of that. That's beautiful. Jorge, what would be an experience that you wouldn't miss next time you go to Andalusia? Definitely to go to the southwest of Andalusia and go to a little town called Aracena. It's the land of the Serrano ham. Habugo is the place, and that is a delicacy. Sorry for anybody else that makes that kind of ham, but I have to be a defender of that. That is a real... I have to say it's Rick, please allow me, gastronomical orgasm to have one of those uh, chunks of uh, ham in your hand and then just, oh my God, this is unique, you know, absolutely unique. And it's one of the great experiences of Andalusia. And of your life. End of your life. Francisco, Jorge, Robert, gracias. Gracias. Gracias, gracias Rick. Thank Time you. for ham. Yeah. Let's go. <laughs> Rick Steves has spent a third of his adult life in Europe researching and writing guidebooks. Europe Through the Back Door teaches the skills of smart travel. Travel as a political act adds meaning to the journey. And Rick Steves' best-selling country, city, and pocket guidebooks cover every corner of Europe. To learn more, visit the Travel Store at ricksteves.com.